Welcome to the Faith Today podcast, conversations inspired by Canada's Christian magazine. Cindy Bunch is author of Be Kind to Yourself, Releasing Frustrations and Embracing Joy, a book released in 2020 by InterVarsity Publishing, where she also serves as associate publisher and director of editorial. Cindy acquires and develops books on spiritual formation, and now she's written one. Cindy's book is really organized around two key questions, what's bugging you and what's bringing you joy. Answering those two questions daily is one of the spiritual disciplines she recommends, along with others that are, I would say, both creative and accessible. I'm Karen Stiller, and if you've ever contemplated spiritual direction, but then maybe chickened out, or if you've never doodled while praying, this conversation might be just what you need. Cindy, I would love for us to start with those two powerful, simple, kind of anchoring questions for your whole book, but also for our lives, which, what's bugging you and what's bringing you joy? Can you tell us why those two little questions are so powerful and so helpful? Sure, I'd be glad to. It started for me when I was reading a manuscript, actually, in my editorial work by Gem and Alan Fadling called What Does Your Soul Love? And in it, they use the phrase, notice where you are bugged. When they're talking about how to connect with God, how to be aware of God's presence near you. And something just really hooked me about that beyond kind of the editorial work I was doing. And so I kept that in mind and sat with it later and decided to make that part of a practice of rethinking the examine. And the examine is is a practice from St. Ignatius that each day doing a review of your day by looking at where did you feel close to God and where did you feel distant from God. And the uh, so those are the closeness to God is a consolation, the distance from God is a desolation. However, the way I have always heard it taught and kind of how it ended up landing for me is it would be all the things I did wrong the day is what I would sit and think about. And so, and and usually it's taught to do it at the end of the day. And so I'd be getting ready for sleep and I'd be thinking all these negative things basically. And, you know, we do need to review places maybe where we've sinned or fallen short and confess those at times, but it was, it wasn't a good pattern for me. So I decided to practice it in the morning and to shift the questions just a little bit to this question of first, what's bugging me? And second, what's bringing me joy? And what it allows me to do is to release all the things, the little naggy things that are annoying me that where I did, maybe I tripped up the day before or I lost my temper or uh, or just had something really frustrating happened during the day or am still mulling over a conversation or whatever. By writing them down, I kind of can release them. And then I'm able to turn to the things that bring me joy, which are the, the things that remind me that God is near, that God's close to me. And they can be just small, ordinary things like going for a walk and noticing a bird or uh, the lovely meal my husband cooked for me. And again, just writing them down and taking taking note of them. What I find then is I, as I write some of those and more comes and more comes. And so that's the idea that, you know, con- conjuring up gratitude just leads to more gratitude over time. And so it's not just like the thing that bugged me the most about yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) It's a list of, and it's not just the one thing that I had fun with. It's, it's more a longer list. It's not just one thing. 
it's it's usually yeah it's, it's it's multiple things but i don't take a long time with it i make it pretty simple and usually do it even in you know five to ten minutes but it's kind of a routine okay for me to just take a little time to note those things is the bugged list longer than the joy list <laughs> <laughs> so um Sometimes it is, but more often the joy list is longer. And I think I started maybe because I think maybe when I started out, I was more interested in, in bugging me, what's bugging me and, and getting those frustrations kind of out of my head mm -hmm. and, and being able to process and move on with things. I've discovered often the joy lists are longer mm -hmm. as, I've, as I've gone along. And so one of the fruits of writing it down is that I can go back and look at those lists. And that's what I've encouraged people to do in my book is to just try it out for 30 days. And then you could take time to review and see what, what are the patterns? What are the patterns about the things that are frustrating you that you might be able to change in terms of how you react to life or how you think about things or approach things? And, and likewise, what are the things that you really love that you could have, you could bring more of into your life? And that's where, so we got this ancient practice from, from St. Ignatius becomes about really self-kindness for me mm. is taking the time to notice what's going on inside yourself and taking your time, taking time to draw near to God, which is really at root, the thing that brings joy. Yeah. Are you a person who kept or keeps a gratitude journal? Like that was sort of a thing mm. a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've tried that from time to time and I, and I like that. So somehow this works a little better for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe because of the honesty piece of it, of also saying, you know, there's the two sides. Right. And sometimes even the same things can be, you know, fruit for both irritation and joy. Um, and that, again, it's just sort of part of, of life. Yeah. The dinner my husband made me and the mess he left behind. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I really appreciate, appreciated about your book, and I think you alluded to this when you were just talking about the examine, but the whole sort of shame question mm -hmm. so that it's not just what's bugging us. It's that what bugs us, bugs us. It bugs us that it bugs us. And then we mm -hmm. might get caught in this mm -hmm. place of feeling, you know, like, oh, I'm such a wreck or something. So... And which goes to the title of your book, Be Kind to Yourself. So can you speak into that a little bit, how it's, we learn to be kinder to ourselves by maybe forgiving ourselves our list mm -hmm. of things? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so so all of this sort of connects into what I call the inner critic, or the, the voice inside of you that is telling you that you are bad, that you are failing, that you're going to fail <laughs> if you haven't failed yet, um, and, and will keep bringing up the negative. You know, there's some ways, sometimes the inner critic's right. You know, sometimes the inner critic, in other words, is conscience and is is telling you something you need to take note of. But but the inner critic can lead us to this place of shame, you know, more than repentance. And that's that's where it's a negative. So uh, I feel like it's it's important to first of all be aware of that when you have that that negative voice going on and where is it coming from is that a, is that a god voice or is that something else is that something from your personal history or childhood or just your wiring some of us have a stronger inner critic than others and and that's a big piece of the self kindness practice for me then is it's shifting to think about talking to yourself, not in this negative voice and not engaging with this inner critic, but talking to yourself like you would talk to a friend 
and saying to yourself, hey, you had a hard day. You've got a lot on your plate. You know, it's no wonder you lost your keys because you've got all these things going on. And instead of saying, boy, that was stupid. Mm, <laughs> you know, why don't you yeah. put your keys in that special spot where, you know, you plan to put them? So that's piece of the whole self-kindness journey. And then for me, again, self-kindness. So self-kindness has become kind of a buzzword during COVID, really. Um, mm. It's gotten, you know, you hear it a lot. And it's part of what we all need to do is give ourselves a little more grace in this season. For me, the roots of self-kindness are all about how we connect with God and connecting with a God knowing who God is, having a, you know, sort of true narrative of God, that God is good and gracious and, and offers us grace, but also just taking the time to be with God because that will bring us joy. Yeah. So it's, we're talking way beyond self-care here. <laughs> exactly. We're, yeah. We're talking about our relationship with Jesus and how we can be more attentive to that and mm -hmm. receive that grace, I think, in a fuller way. Yes. Yes. That's right. And then of course, maybe we'll be nicer. <laughs> and, th th and that's right. So part of the, so, you know, so the scripture root of this is, is that we love one another as we love ourselves. So I think the, the fruit of being kinder to ourselves is that we, we become more empathetic towards others as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you go uh, in your book, you go through um, a number of spiritual disciplines, kind of, I would say, lightened up, made mm -hmm. accessible, mm -hmm even fun, if I may say, oh, in a good. couple of places. That was my goal. I have collaged since mm -hmm. reading your book. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but I think sometimes with spiritual disciplines we do, or I certainly have uh, done this thing where I think, well, I'm not doing it right. And my Bible reading table is not good for Instagram. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's nothing pretty about what I'm doing. And I, I do, I fall into that trap of comparing and, or, or trying things and then giving them up and feeling badly about it. Can you, uh, I don't think I'm alone. Can you speak into that? Mm. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. So I was able many years ago to edit the book, uh, Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adele Calhoun, which is a treasure trove of, I don't know, I think there's 70, we did an expanded edition, 70 some different practices that you could practice. And what I learned from her is the idea of let God draw you to the spiritual practice you should be doing right now. In other words, don't try to just do everything and, you know, so what you would find with her handbook, which was meant to be a resource of various ideas you might pick up in various seasons when people will try to do it front to back and drive themselves crazy, you know, with a different discipline every week or something. So I do put a lot of stock in the idea that the Spirit's going to lead us to the thing that we need. And so, so do the practice you're drawn to. And then when that feels tired, you know, do something else. All, all that, you know saying there, there's times that we do need to try things that don't come easy. One, one of the things for me that I talk about in the book is uh, centering prayer. So I did, at one point I had a sabbatical and my uh, spiritual director really wanted me to try centering prayer. And it's good to listen to the, the wise voices in your life and, and try things that might be outside your comfort zone. And centering prayer is just really hard for me. And so I even, I have a little piece about, you know, all the random things I thought about during centering prayer, which the idea of centering prayer is to sit and be just be quiet for a period of time. And maybe you have maybe uh, like a focal phrase that you 
just keep returning to like it could be just lord jesus calm or or whatever it is and just be with that and it yeah it's really hard for me so i so i ended up recording all these different crazy things that i that i thought about so i have tried it i do do it i tend to do it for short amount of time. I mean, I'll even do two minutes or five minutes of centering prayer, but it's not my go-to and that's okay too. It's okay for that to just not be a great fit. And Yeah. Cindy, do you think we rank them a little bit? Like I think while well, centering prayer is holier than doodling. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Exactly. I think we do. I mean, even as I, as I talk about that, I, I feel that like, oh, I'm, you know, yeah. um, some kind of failure. And I, I, when I was in spiritual direction training, the person doing one of the teachers said she hated censoring prayer. And that was such a relief for me. Yeah. <laughs> almost shocking you know, to hear that. Like, can't give permission. Um, yeah. So, so doodling prayer is this idea um, from, from Sybil Macbeth um, that, that we just literally draw and write and doodle symbols and ideas as we pray to sort of help us keep focus. So you, you could be praying in an intercessory way for someone and drawing some leaves and flowers and thinking about them and maybe making notes about what you're praying for. And it's, it's actually a way to help focus that crazy mind that meanders all over the place. Well, I, I think that's excellent. And I, it, that practice makes me think about how I listen to a sermon uh, because if I don't take a journal to church with me, I'm like, mm. I feel, what can I write on? And I realize that I'm not just taking notes on the great sermon. It actually helps me stay with the sermon. It mm-hmm. That discipline of note-taking anchors me so that I'm not wandering off in my mind somewhere. So I think, is that, that similar with the Yes, I, it is very okay. similar. And I do the same thing at church. And, and I often feel this self-consciousness, like, people will wonder what I'm doing or something when I'm, but yes, it helps me focus to take those notes, just like we learned in school, right? Right. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Tell me uh, some more favorites for you then. So doodling prayer is one. Uh, What other practices from the book would you like to tell people about that you especially resonate with? Sure. So one that's kind of a fun one is to just take a walk and it, and notice um, what what you see and and to try to take a few pictures of things that stand out to you uh, as you walk and these could be things that either you're drawn to or you have feel a dissonance toward it feels ugly or or you dislike it and both of those things could be a sort of prick of the spirit and so to take a few pictures and then and then either you know stop and sit or come home and and spend some time with them and think about them, see if there's one you want to focus on. Or sometimes I make a photo collage of a few, you know, maybe three or four together and just sit with that and listen to the spirit. And so that is really a way of practicing Visio Divina, which is um, a visual companion to Lexio Divina, which Lexio is when we study scripture and, and sit with it, which I also enjoy. And in Visio Divina, we sit with image and then we invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us in that in that image. Uh, and I, I find it very powerful. I find it very accessible for people that like visual kinds of practices, but maybe don't consider themselves artists. It's, you know, you don't have to draw anything. <laughs> if you don't think you don't have to paint, you just take a picture. You know, what strikes me that there is this idea of 
taking a picture of what I don't like, or yes, that's really interesting. And um, could you speak to that in terms of uh, spiritual direction too? Because I know that is a question like where is it resistance? Is that the word? Sure, sure. So, so sometimes the thing we are resisting is, is a way that I would just say that the spirit's speaking to us and is something that, that we need to come back to. And you just, if you, if you try to notice, it's just sort of noticing as you walk and look something that's pulling, pulling at you. And it could be either way. And um, it just, the parallel for me, when I, I do a little bit of spiritual direction my, with folks and I've been in direction. And when I first was learning spiritual direction, um, when I was talking to one of my authors who'd been a director for a long time and I was saying, oh, it feels really hard. And he says, it's not hard at all. The Holy Spirit just tells you what to say. <laughs> and I said, okay. That sounds easy. <laughs> yeah. So I don't feel it quite like that, but you do find if you, if you are quiet and you are listening and you're attentive, that there'll be this little pull when the other, when the other person's speaking of, Oh, there's there's something more there. You'll feel this pull towards, and and that's the thing you kind of come back to, and maybe ask another question or two about. Maybe you feel that when you interview people. Um, I can imagine it would be similar. Um, I feel it sometimes as an editor, actually, when I'm sitting with somebody who's talking about a book idea, and I'll I'll feel that pull, like, oh, let's dig more into this part of the concept, and then maybe something comes out of it. So I think all those are ways of talking about the Holy Spirit at work. And so going back to the the walking idea, it, it could be in a moment either of dissonance or of attraction um, to something beautiful or something yeah. that feels negative. So yeah. then you would ask, uh, like I would, I would come back and ask God questions about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, yeah. why, what is that, what is that doing? What is that provoking in mm-hmm. me? Hmm. I like yeah. that. Um, what about collage? <laughs> and I'll tell you, um, you mentioned about if you're not an artist, I think, I think for me, that's what, even though uh, you have pictured collages in your book that actually look like art to me, <laughs> uh, my collage does not look like that. It looks like someone in grade two did it, <laughs> which is probably insulting to someone in grade two, but but collage is is pretty straightforward, but is really helpful. Can you describe how you talk about that in the book? Sure. Yeah. What what collage and doodling prayer and this photography? What some of these practices opened up have opened up for me are these sort of other ways of experiencing spirituality that's more kind of whole bodied. It's not just being in my head and thinking and reading and studying though all the things I do and, and affirm um, but it brings in the the subconscious it brings in the imagination it brings in the visual tactile uh, experiences um, and I find that after sitting and working all day I just I long for some other ways of having experiences so collage in the in the way I describe it as a spiritual practice which is not about art making per se it's about you connecting with god and it's all good in that in that sense is take a five by seven card and get some magazines and flip through those magazines and again same thing as on this walk notice what you're drawn to and it could be beautiful it could be attractive interesting or it could be something that's a little you're a little repelled by and pull out some images, maybe five, six 
images, sit with them, play with them on the card. And then I usually try to pe tell people to settle with, you know, maybe four or five at the most. Uh, I think you don't want to get too, too much going on. Um, and, and you just arrange them on your card in a kind of mindful way, cut and paste, and, and, then, and then sit and pray and, and see what comes. And it is fascinating to me what can come out of magazine pictures. And I've had a chance to do it in different group settings. And it really, it always surprises people what can happen with them. And, and I think it's, again, because we're inviting God to come into this experience and be with us and and also either writing about it or even better you know share having somebody else to talk to about it about what you've done and it will sort of brings out layers of the of the meaning of what's going on in the collage hmm. yeah i'd love for us to talk about the well, the biggie so here i go ranking them but i think a spiritual direction um is is really a wonderful but scary thing for people to contemplate. And um, for me, I've just, I've started to see a spiritual director just in the last year. And I'm, you know, trying to encourage a couple of, uh, I would say, reluctant, frightened friends mm. <laughs> to think about doing that, because it is a bit scary and mysterious for some of us. Um, mm -hmm. Can you uh, talk about sort of what spiritual direction is and, you know, how it typically looks for people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So throughout the book, I narrate a little bit of my journey in spiritual direction. And that was part of really what prompted me to want to write the book, I think, was thinking about that that journey, which was about an eighteen-year experience with with one director, um, spiritual direction is kind of the opposite of what it sounds like, which is it's not very directive at all. Um, it's really just sitting with another person. So, spiritual companionship is another term people use that that might be more helpful in ways. So, you typically meet for an hour a month, and you just talk about your life with God, mostly, though you might talk about all sorts of things, um, as, as we do. But it's different from counseling uh, in that it, it is about your spiritual journey. And it's so when I started out, um, and I, I narrate about this in the book, I was I started direction when I was separated from my husband and going through really hard time. And I found myself needing to explore what the ending of my marriage had, how that connected with how I saw God, because I didn't think, you know, God would let this happen to me. It's the classic thing that people go through when they're, when they're suffering. I, I thought that if, you know, I follow God and, and was a Christian and married a Christian that, you know, how, how could this happen? So I was processing a lot of theology, really, and my director helped me a lot through that and helped me to see, you know, ideas about God that I had internalized, even though I knew kind of better from a, you know, if you'd asked me what I thought, it was different than how I really was seeing my own life. Um, so, it, so it was great help to process some of those ideas about God. Um, and then also just as life you know, goes along. A lot of our conversations as my son was small were, were about how do you get in any type of spiritual practice um, or spiritual life, you know, in the midst of raising a child. And and so we would talk about those kind of practicalities. Um, we talk about experiences that I would have when I was like on retreat or, or making a collage or, you know, th those kinds of things, chance to process what's going on with God. Most directors 
you know, are mostly listening and asking questions. Every now and then, like I mentioned, my director encouraged me to try centering prayer. It might give you a, why don't you try this? But usually it's, it's really very, it's very much the director helping you process. That's beautiful. So you have this job that you're, you're an editor with IVP books. And so I'm thinking as you were speaking, I was thinking you are uh, immersed in spiritual writing Mm -hmm. a lot of the time in your work life has that how or how has that fed into your uh life in the last number of years and your growth as a follower of christ oh i'm i'm so grateful yeah it's been incredibly rich that the people that i've gotten to know and learn from and kind of just getting the inside track on on so many of these manuscripts and getting to think about spiritual concepts with with folks and uh, ask them my own questions sometimes, you know. So it's been a, a great journey. It's part of why I leaned into doing my own spiritual direction training is I did feel like it would help me as an editor. Hmm. That's spiritual interesting. formation books. Yeah. Okay. And I think it does. I think the work of a spiritual director is not uh, unlike the work of an editor where, where you are trying to, to listen and draw something out in someone. It's been a, a wonderful journey. I'm very grateful. Well, what would surprise people the most about your work as well, an editor? What's a, yeah, what surprised me the most is how little time I get to spend reading. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I got into it as a young person because I thought, oh, I read books all day. And of course, I, I spend so much time on email and, you know, on the phone or Zoom or, or whatever. Uh, and I enjoy that. I, I do enjoy the relational parts of it. I've managed to work my way up to management. So now I spend even more time on budgets and things like that. But there's, there's, so there's a lot to the making of a book that doesn't actually have to do with reading a book. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sure. Reading, and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of land the plane here, but reading uh, is very important to the spiritual life. And you talk about it in your book. And, and even something that I had never heard of, but all my senses <laughs> woke up when I read reading retreat. Mm-hmm. I just love that idea. So literally giving yourself permission to go away and read. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? Was, <laughs> yeah. Erin um, Straza, who has written for University Press, she, she she's the one that put that concept in my head, as well as actually a secular article that I, that I read on the on the topic um, of where they were organized. I guess. Somebody somewhere was organizing reading retreats for people to come, but Erin just does it on her own, which is you know a little simpler. But yeah, says I'm going to go away and going to take this stack of books and just read. That is awesome. I love it. So you have also uh, additional resources people can tap into. Uh, do you want to tell us where we can find you online and what what we might find there? Sure. So you, my website is uh, cindybunch.com. And I have been blogging there and there are extra resources, including a half day retreat guide for the book and discussion questions. I'm on Instagram at cindy.bunch as well. And and I have a public Facebook page under Cindy Bunch author. And then I'm on Twitter as well. It's Cindy Bunch. So (laughs) there you go. Awesome. Cindy, thank you so, so much. You're welcome. I'm really delighted to be here. It's great to talk to you. Thank you for listening. Check out more podcasts and subscribe to Faith Today magazine for free at faithtoday.ca. This podcast is produced by the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. If you enjoyed it, please rate or share it.